We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody, and welcome into the Backliners podcast, Agro and Not Barracuda this week. Again, uh, he's getting subbed out. It's inbound. It's Bobby. Uh, Bob, thanks for uh, coming in and um, replacing Barra for this week. And this week alone, uh, he'll never abandon us again, for sure. Otherwise, he hates us. Um, and he wouldn't, yeah. he wouldn't hate us, right? No. No. He wouldn't do that. Well, not me. I didn't, can't really. Right, that's true. He might you. not. Yeah, he could hate me yeah. for sure. Um, I want also wanted to say good morning because um, I just woke up uh, from a little from a little nap, and my plan is that I'm gonna I'm trying to flip my sleep schedule entirely. Bobby, we're driving to Pittsburgh on Saturday, and we're doing okay. it overnight. When my kid, he usually goes to sleep around eight. And we want to put him in the car seat and drive for as long as possible while he's sleeping um, in the middle of the night. So I've gone to bed. I went I went to bed right after work. So I went. I slept from like 5.30 to 7.30. I'm going to stay up all night. I'm going to go to work tomorrow. And I'm going to, I'm going to, go, I'm going to start work early. Then go into the office and finish my work day like right after lunch. Uh, and then come home sleep through the afternoon um and then wake up in the middle of the night stay up to the middle of the night and then it should be fixed yeah the entire time you were speaking uh, every word that came to my mind was this sounds terrible why why this could be fine horrible. you know well i don't know i'm just like worried about um dry like i'm someone who definitely gets sleepy while he drives if i'm sleepy um but i can if i'm not sleepy drive for a long time um and i just know that if i just try on saturday to like sleep during the day without having like done anything beforehand like i'm just gonna be tired and my wife is gonna just be tired and we're just gonna be trading back and forth like two hour uh you know drive sessions while taking your nap while you're not driving I just, I'm worried about it being dangerous, you know, driving with a kid. No, that um, makes sense. Yeah. So I'm trying to step up and take one for the team here by obliterating my sleep schedule. But even when I was super degenerate gamer mode, like in college uh, and after, um, I've never had the opposite sleep schedule. That's never happened to me. Like Never? Not even mm, for like a week? Mm-mm, no. I would do like, I'd stay up till four or five and then sleep until like two or three but 
that's that's as bad as it ever got um i never had the full flipped sleep schedule did you you're such a good sleep a couple schedule times. guy yeah a, a couple times and it was just like and it was even before i made it like sel i it was just you're i got done grind. with college and i was just slamming ranked from uh-huh. 8 p.m to like 4 a.m mm-hmm. and then the sun would start coming up i'd be like i haven't slept yet i gotta go get some sleep quick mm-hmm but I would still like wake up by like two, three. Yeah. Yeah. So it was never that bad. No, I was never good. on the like wake up at six p.m. gamer schedule. That that has never happened that's, to me. Um, that's a whole new level of de- degeneracy that I yeah. never reached either. And you know who I messaged to try and figure out how to do this? Uh, it was Snoopy, of course. I was like, oh, Snoopy, listen, that makes sense. I've got to flip my sleep schedule. How do I do it? Um, and he told me to do something totally different, but I couldn't really do it because I have to work tomorrow still. So, you know, <laughs> it was like, all right, well, I'm just going to make it up anyways. But you could do what Solo did. If you just do? do a 16 hour stream, that's not you'll physically sleep after. possible for me. It's not, uh, well, I, don't, yeah. I physically don't think I could do it. Um, that's just something he does like every other day. He, yeah, he just I don't it. understand. So, yeah. I've never, did you, have you ever done a 24 hour stream? Not like awake the entire 24. I've done 16 hours and then, well, th- that's how I originally like broke my PC for a little bit and I had to replace the RAM because mm. I did a 24 hour and then my PC overheated because <laughs> as I was sleeping and I woke up and it was just dead and I was like, what happened? Mm-hmm. And it turns out I fried my RAM or something. I don't understand PC, so I don't even know what RAM does, Sure, but everything was warm, I think. <laughs> it was just a little too warm. That's really, toasty, that's really yeah. troll because like normally you would like do a big stream in order to raise money to get, fix your computer, but... You had just done I that, killed mine. so you literally like couldn't. Yeah, that's really troll. Um, so yeah, if I'm like out of it for this episode, it's because I just got my two hours of sleep for the rest of the night, uh, and that's daunting. Um, and if I'm sleepy, it's because this is when I get ready for bed. Yeah, what time do you go to bed? I see your messages in the group chat like at like six thirty. That's so early. Uh, usually, I try to like crawl into bed around nine. Wow. And then be asleep by like if I'm asleep by ten, I'm happy. Wow, that is wild to me. That is, yeah. is that your normal rhythm? Would you say like your circadian rhythm? Does your body want that now? I swear, my body can do as long as I'm consistent. I can do any time. I could do mm. eight p.m. to four a.m., ten p.m. to six a.m. Whatever, just eight hours consistently, mm-hmm. and I'm good. Because I used impressive. to have the. I used to have like the 2 a.m. 2 a. to 10 a.m. And mm-hmm. I was fine. Yep. But now it's just as long as I'm consistent, I'm good. I'm That's good. That's impressive. My my whole family, all of the men in my family are night owls. Like I, I don't, my body doesn't want to sleep until 3 a.m. Even if I'm doing nothing all day, like at home where my computer isn't there, I'm not like up gaming. I literally will like have to sit on the couch because I just don't want to sleep yet. Um Oh, yeah. And that's how all the men in my family are. Uh, so as much as my therapist hates when I say that, like, I don't want to go to sleep too early because it doesn't feel right for me. Uh, well, now I just don't have to sleep. So it'll be so easy, right? That's all it takes. Yeah. Is just obliterating my sleep schedule. Um, okay, yeah, let's easy. talk uh, Let's talk some SEC qualifiers, shall we? We had last weekend the EU um, side of things. We have our teams that qualified there. We are in the middle of NA, but we can just kind of do some previews. Um, for EU, uh, I will admit 
for this segment. Unfortunately, um, I have not been able to watch a whole lot recently. Been very busy trying to prep to get ready to go, and with work being very, very busy trying to get ready for year eleven. Um, it's and sleeping and and sleeping right, which I won't like. I could go back and watch all these games tonight. Um, I won't, but that I, would keep you up. Actually, re- <laughs> really, EU. <laughs> Wait, we should we should have had Mifflin yeah. come in. Like that was Mifflin. Did you ever hear Miff's like iconic EU SEC rant on that he did on our podcast last year? I do not. I have to go back and find it because I want to watch it. It was. Like he lost it. He he was completely unhinged. It was so good. Um, that missed opportunity. Very rarely do is I it... want to hear Miff over you these days, though. You know what I mean? I mean that's a rare occurrence. No, yeah, for sure. But isn't it weird that every level of European Smite compared to every level of NA Smite was the exact same thing? Like EUSEL, they were all slow. Yep. Nothing happens. Yep. EUSEC, same thing. EUSPL, same thing. Mm-hmm. And then NA, it's like. Wait, there's Invader's Curse? I'm still walking through this Invader's Curse to invade you. Run but even down. though we saw that with the USCC, I don't know. Yeah, it, I, it doesn't surprise me that much because you just look up to the players in your region. Um, and, you know, a lot, of, a lot of players who are on the come up, they're going to be looking at how Zeros plays the game. <clears throat> and they're going to think Kronos mid is good. Um, you're going to be... Look, if you're coming up in an A, you're going to be looking at what Aurora does on Hercules and think that's good. Um, and it, it's also, as you know, a player, there might be a, a little baby awesome Jake in EU who wants to play these weird things in support. But if all four of your teammates think playing nor- like the EU normal style is what you should do, you're going to get that beat out of you pretty quick. Um, For sure. You need a majority that is okay with you doing the things you're doing because team environment even when you're on the like come up like i feel like team if in my opinion if you're trying if you're playing in the open circuit and you're trying to get to the the scc you should not be just straight up emulating what hex mambo do like Nope. If your team style is weird and eclectic and doing weird things, play it. Instead of playing what you see other people playing, um, you'll just be you'll be able to learn how to play the normal stuff later. Um, and I just think players are too. I mean, you see it in ranked. Like no one wants I to have like these weird thing, these weird picks. But I think they're just strictly better for the majority of the player base. Yeah, no, for sure. And I'm pretty sure I, I swore I've heard you and Barrett talk about this before where yep. I don't know if it was last year or this year, but even lower SPL teams, mm-hmm. 90% of the time, you are better playing whatever style that just flows best with you guys, whether it's a full like a full damage soul laner. If you guys can win with that and then like your jungler's building tank, you should just do that. Why are you following what, what these teams are doing that are just going to do it better than you when you could just find your own style? Yep. And look... If you lose playing that style against an SPL team, you will get roasted by the casters, the chat, all that kind of stuff. Uh, by me, probably. Um, but also, you gave yourself the better chance to win, and that's what matters. Um, yeah. So, send it. You know what I mean? That's uh, that's what I'm all about. Um, okay, so for EU, let's talk about the top team. Um, it is Hex Mambo. This is not the old Hex Mambo, though. This is Julio, Johnny, Rapio Mid cozy and spudio um on this team 
Rapio Mid stands out to me um, because number one, that's a, a player that you and I are both very familiar with going back to EU yep. uh, console days. Um, but he was always a jungler. Uh, I don't really recall him playing mid ever in uh, never in his stretch. It was also the classic, and I say this with love, not with judgment, uh, retire from comp smite into qualify for worlds true combo. Um, happens to every player uh, at some point. Um, but Hopefully I get that soon. I, I didn't even know that he was still playing um, because he had said that he was done. Uh, and then I was like, and then I saw a Coast tweet about him making it playing mid, and I was like, what? Like, I thought Rapio was done playing. Um, but... What what did you see from Hex Mambo during this weekend of games? Uh, give me like the kind of distilled rundown of of what their play style is like. Uh, well, first off, they were strictly far and away the best team. It was not particularly close, but it was like a different style. the The previous Johnny teams were let's go late and Johnny hits twenty on like Kali or some other hyper carry, and then. Uh, Cozy engage, Johnny clean up the fight, and that's basically how it went. Mm-hmm. This this uh phase, or at least at this tournament, Johnny was playing stuff like a Willux, and he was ganking at like level two, level three, mm-hmm. making early plays. Uh, Spudio and and Cozy were still dominating a lot of two v twos. I think they are they're about as close to SPL level as like a two v two in like a dual lane as you can be without being like SPL. Mm-hmm. They played very well together. Uh. And surprisingly, Rapio was was really good in mid. But I don't know if it's just there as a team just so much better than all the other teams that you could have put season 10 aggro on that team and they would have been fine. Doubtful. But, Doubtful. That, the, I was already washed by then. <laughs> he was playing like Thoth and, and playing gods that, well, I was going to say gods that require skill, but Thoth, you, you can miss half your abilities it's and true. as long as you throw out enough, you're fine. It's true. But I mean... He was positioning well. He was hitting abilities. And, I mean, he looked comfortable in mid. But this team was just far and away the best team. Yeah, I mean, it does a lot for you. Um, I could I could tell you from my, from my playing days uh, that when your jungler is just better than everyone else, uh, like at that time El Leon was against teams like Bobby's, um, it, it puts you... <laughs> it just gives you a lot of confidence to not have to worry about hitting that much because... And as we, as we all know, the less you're worried about hitting as much as possible, the more likely you are to hit more. Um, so playing with Johnny is usually an easy job, I imagine. But yeah, also, you know, adapting. We've, we've talked a lot about his play style. Johnny has a very similar play style. Those junglers are harder to play for because they sell you uh, because they're going to get the yeah. kills more than most junglers will. Um, I think Rapio being a jungler should have previously has that understanding of I'm good to get sold sometimes because he was a jungler that was not trying to play the adapting Johnny cleanup play style. It was more get in there, get a fight started. If I die, I die. And that's something that I always really respected about him as a player. And if he can keep that same mentality in mid without it going too far overboard, a la Captain Twig jumping in on Raijin every chance he gets. Um, that, that can be really conducive to a winning, to a winning formula. So, um, excited to see what Hex Mambo do. We know Johnny is as good, if not better than most junglers in the world, uh, even at the SPL level. Um, so this is a team that everyone is not going to be very excited to face because Johnny could pentakill you at any point. Um, which is such a sick, like Johnny is it. 
it's so good for Johnny to be in the SEC and not the SPL because he's just like that that wild card player that could go crazy at any point. You know what I mean? But yeah, as teams get more used to playing against him, he gets less successful at the SPL level uh, just based on what we saw when he was in the SPL. But coming in out of nowhere, like it's like a it's like strikes fear in your heart as an enemy team uh, where in a way that like, if you see him enough, it, I feel like it really doesn't at least based on how he performed at the SPL level. So I don't know. I think that's funny to me. I mean, when they played against us, it was like, we spent, well, let's say we spent an hour game planning for Mambo mm-hmm. when we played against them. We probably spent 45 minutes just talking about Johnny and what we wanted to ban from Johnny and give Johnny and then, like, 15 minutes was left for, like, the rest of the players because it was just so much towards Johnny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he is transformative um, in that way, which is very, very cool. Um, so excited to see what they do. The last spot came down to the Solar Scarabs and the Niflheim Wargs. Uh, the Solar Scarabs, this team, Deathwalker, April, Zeros, Eye Silenced, and Echrome. And then the Wargs are Panvich, Worst Turtle, Gunter, Preds, and Davey with Sarpay as the coach. A lot of old Xbox uh, names or console names, I should say, um, on that side. Uh, the Scarabs team, I did watch a little bit of one of their games. Um, seemed like a pretty typical Zeros smite team to me. Uh, wanted, to, wanted to take their games a little bit later. Uh, what was the... Uh, w- what was the difference between these two teams and the Scarabs and Wargs and what let the Scarabs get that edge to, to be the second team to qualify? Uh, to not, like, make it too hyperbolic, I think if Johnny didn't play in this tournament, I think April was far and away the next best player mm. with what he was able to do. I think the engages he was finding, the ability to toe the line of, like getting as much damage out in fights and and not dying or not taking too much damage, the the ability he had to tow that line was pretty insane. And I think a lot of the difference between them and the wargs was just the jungle play. I don't think worst played bad by any means, but I just think outright April diffed him so hard. And beyond that, I mean Gunter and Zeros, I don't think there was anything that stuck out between those two. I, I think Panvich was. Fine, I do think Deathwalker played a little bit better than him. And then I think the duo lanes were fine, but I really think a lot of it just came down to how Deathwalker and how April mostly played a lot of these team fights. Yeah, I'm looking at the website. His last four score lines available on the website uh, for April 13 3 and 6 on Susano, 6 0 4 uh, on Mercury, 5 0 2 on Mercury, 8 0 2 on Hunbats. So yeah. across his last four games, he died three times, all in the same game. Um, and also racked up what, uh, 19, uh, 32 kills. He went 32, three and 14 over his last four. Uh, that seems pretty good. Um, yeah, that seems pretty good to me. His name does not immediately like, I do not recognize his name immediately. I think he played SEC last year as well. Is that correct? That, that sounds right to me. I'm actually not sure because I didn't hear of his name either until just this tournament or just mm-hmm. like this phase, I guess. But I mean, I'm going to remember his name now. Yeah, I think everyone will, uh, which is going to be fun. Excited to see what he's going to be able to do on LAN. I'd assume this is going to be his first LAN. Um, 
based on neither of us being super familiar with his uh, with his game. So that uh, that should be a good time. So it's the Scarabs and Hex Mambo uh, coming out of EU. Of those two teams, um, I mean Hex Mambo sounds like they clearly had a uh, had an easier time and looked better generally, but overall, I guess how well do you think the EU SEC representatives will stack up against the, you know, NA teams and the, and the lower end SPL teams? Like, do you think that it's somewhat likely that an EU SEC team, either one of these two uh, end up actually going to the, to the quarterfinals at worlds? When we talked about this last week, we were both in pretty, we were both pretty comfortable saying that we weren't too confident in bottom four SPL. Like it's true. Nothing about bottom for SPL was was sticking out to us. We're like, yeah, maybe they didn't play great, but we're still pretty comfortable that they're getting through. This Mambo team kind of gives me like the same vibes as last year, where I don't think any of those SPL teams will be able to match up into them. I, I think Mambo specifically have a really good chance of making it through, and I think even the Scarabs have a fighting chance of making it through, unless maybe like a meta shift. Because I think a big difference between the top four and the bottom four was the top four used the mages a lot better and if the mages True. aren't as good and you can actually play warriors i think that helps the spl teams a lot more yep um but if the meta stays at least somewhat the same or a lot of mages maybe a warrior here or there like Amar or wukong i i think that for sure mambo have a good chance I i'm i'm a little iffy with the scarabs because i i think Deathwalker teams always kind of have that risk of to uh of trying to go too late and never doing anything early game yep and there's a chance if they run into even like the gladiators or the hounds that they just play so much better early game that the game can't be came back from. Sure. Yeah. I think that's always a potential risk. Um, you mentioned the meta real quick and I did want to, uh, to call to attention some stats put out by a friend of the podcast, innocent. Rabbit, oh, you love this. AKA Max. I love how excited Max is um, about, about these tweets, but I did think that the second tweet that he put out was particularly interesting just talking, it's a very, very small sample size of uh, mages in solo versus warriors in solo, all that kind of stuff. But I think that there is reasonable a reasonable chance that it does actually shift the meta a little bit um, off of 10.13. The one that interested me the most, uh, Max took a screenshot of the last patch, 10.12, mages versus warriors in solo and in those matchups mages won 54.77 percent of the time which is very high uh in a, in a scenario like that um it, the data very clearly showed that mages into warriors specifically were very strong this patch again very very small sample size uh as the patch only went live on tuesday but warriors actually winning that that head-to-head 50.4 percent of the time so even if it does skew back towards mage heavy and end up being mage favored, there's almost no world it looks like statistically where it trends back to that 54% for mages, nearly 55%. Um, so it seems like the, the solo lane meta should be at least somewhat different. Is that the sense that you're getting as well, kind of playing this patch and, and talking to teams? Yeah, yeah, I think it is a, a little bit different. I do think mages... Uh, at least the the relevant ones in solo lane will still have viability, especially because like the flex potential. And if you get into a good warrior matchup, I, I think there's no reason to not play them. Mm -hmm. But there's just 
I mean, it's just outright easier to kill mages now. They don't have the uh, that that like that combination of items that mages had last patch was insane. The yep. stats that they got across the board, but the current one, if it changes into like something that Alec tweeted the the final K tweet with like conduit soul gem, like yeah, they they do slightly more damage, but their survivability is in the dirt, and assassins can actually just one v one them and kill them easily now. So. Uh, I, I think it'll sway close to like 50-50. But I would not be surprised if Warriors do see a lot more play than they did. But And, and also just to talk about it, because 5% doesn't sound like a lot when you say that number. Mm-hmm. But when you say 5% less wins for mages from last patch to this patch, that's like out of 100,000 games... 5,000 more games going the way of the Warriors instead of the Mages. Like, that is an it's insane massive. amount. Yeah, I mean... It is insane. When we when we talk about characters who need nerfs, you know, if they're at 52% and we nerf them and they go to 50, 49.8%, we're like, oh, wow, we probably over-nerfed them. Um, yeah. You know, a, a, a 1%, 1.5% difference is usually about what we expect for, you know, the average change, uh, sometimes even less than that. Sometimes more, um, but to see a 5% difference um, is intense. Even, even again, with the understanding there's a small sample size, and it could certainly change. Uh, people are definitely playing more Warriors right now because they're trying them out again, um, and they might end up being not quite as good as their current pick rate suggests because of that, but also if they're winning significant i mean at the end of the day they're winning significantly more of those matchups so the perception will reflect that eventually right that it won't i think that if the perception can i'd be very surprised if the perception continued to be warriors are completely unplayable into mages because yeah they might not be better into mage, like better than playing a mage in a mage warrior matchup but they're certainly be- significantly better than they were uh is what I'd pull from yes. this data so far, even if they aren't outright better. So hopefully they are better and we can see some warriors at worlds uh, as we all want. But I think we definitely will see some amount of mages, but maybe that is enough of a meta shift for some of these SPL teams to, you know, turn it around and exert their, uh, their dominance as they would typically do um, at a tournament like this. Um all right, before we move on to NA, got to let you know about one of this week's sponsors. It's Factor. Uh, during this bustling holiday season, where you might be staying up all night like I am, uh, you might be looking for nutritious, flavorful meals to fuel you on jam-packed days and or throughout the night. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you eat well for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. Here's the big thing, is that you can cross meal prepping off your list this holiday with Factor. Meal prepping as a a thought fills me with existential dread. Um, (laughs) I can't do it. Uh, It means that I'm going to be eating less healthy, spending more money, all that kind of stuff. Factor can help with that because I don't have to worry about doing something like meal prepping, which seems like the most soul-sucking thing in existence, in my opinion. Uh, Plus, you get to choose from 35-plus chef-crafted meals every week that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, whether it's calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, protein-plus, or any of their other 
more wholesome options where they're very nice to you when you order. Uh, you get to do things like looking for calorie conscious meals over the holidays that don't skimp on flavor. You can try their delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving, uh, which is obviously very, very nice. We like quite a bit. So this December, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Plus, they offset 100% of their delivery emissions and source 100% renewable electricity from their production sites and offices. So it's a sustainable choice as well, which we love around here. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered straight to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash backliners50 and use code backliners50 to get 50% off. That's code backliners50 at factormeals.com slash backliners50 to get 50% off. Big shout out to Factor Meals on that one. Um, all right, let's talk NA here, Bobby. It's It just got started. Um, we had the first week of SC, or first day of SCC games today. Um, but I want to talk more about just what we're predicting um, here for these teams. The best team in NA, uh, I think, just based on their roster, would almost certainly be considered the Valhalla Valkyries. This is Aquarius, Sam for Soccer, Crimson, Gamma, Wowie. Um, full expectation that this team is going to make it through. Uh, just too much SPL level experience, too much SPL level talent. Um, I can't imagine that they're going to do anything but look very strong in this tournament. Yeah, I, I think it is a comfortable answer to say that that team is one of the two teams guaranteed. It's kind of like saying on the opposite side, the Mambo from EU were just a, a pretty comfortable answer. When you compare them also to, like, it was it was either this season or last season, there was a little bit of a switch up with SEC where it was less of those older players that were SPL that just didn't want to play SPL anymore or just didn't have the time or whatever. They were doing something else where a lot of the SEC teams currently are more like up-and-comer teams. Mm -hmm. And the experience that the Valks have over... 90% of the teams that they're competing against is just, it's in, in I can't think of the word. In, insurmountable? It's, it, insurmountable, yeah. I was going to say inconsequential, but that wasn't it. But yeah, it's insurmountable, the, the experience that they have compared to a lot of these other teams. Yeah. Like the only other team that really has a lot of experience is the Scorpions. And even then, it's it's the Twins, uh, Gino and Relentless and Guy J, mm -hmm. and then Miggy and Baroneri, which is, yeah, they've played, but... I mean, these these guys have, like, SPL, uh, t a lot of time in SPL, where the other t guys just have, like, a little bit. Right. And then most of the other teams are either hard SEC players, or maybe they're coming up from SCL, maybe they're coming up from SOC. So, and especially with, like, the pressure in tournaments like this, like, you, you can't count out the experience. No. Uh, no, you really cannot. Um, I'd be very surprised if the Valkyries didn't look dominant during this during this tournament, for sure. Um, they also went five and zero in the latest phase, so pretty good indicator that they're going to do well. Um, the Tyrian Weavers were the four and one team. This team is Remakami, Layers, Tripno, Promise, Inmaizen, and Hydrogen. Um, this team, on paper, feels like the Layers carry project. Uh, you know, Layers obviously has that type of potential. Um, historically, he has been a big difference maker. Um, in the jungle, but when your team is centered around one player, uh, I think a lot of times, especially just the jungler, it does 
become a little bit easier to game plan against you, but their four and one record indicates that they're gonna they're gonna do pretty well, uh, even with players coming in going in with the idea of trying to shut down layers. Um, what have you seen from the Weavers so far this uh, this year? Well, I mean, just this this recent game against them because they played. They were, I think, the second set today. They actually dropped a game to one of the SOC teams, which was mm. a little surprising, to say the least. The SOC team being Oblivion, which is Dashboard, Josh, Joshi, Main Jiso, uh, Manda Warrior, and Rundus. Mm-hmm. So, not to discredit Oblivion and, and, and taking away, but I do think, even if they're 4-1, and one, dropping a game against an SOC team, like, yes, it, it, it happens sometimes. But that's not how you really want to start a tournament. Like those are supposed to be like your warm up, easy two zero, get like a good mental with you and, and start like getting ready to tackle the rest of the tournament. Yep. So it is a little surprising seeing them even drop one. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree. Um, it's not a good confidence builder, and I think I do think that we've seen a lot of teams lose confidence at times. Uh, yep. In these types of tournaments, and then all of a sudden they end up not winning when they should or something like that. Um, I definitely would be a little bit concerned if I were a Reavers fan, but layers is also just one of the best players in the tournament. Right. Um, yeah. And you're never going to feel that bad if you have one of the best players in the tournament because they can just make a difference. Um, in my Zen has been around long enough. Promise has been around for a while now. Trip has been around. Rimakami has been around. So uh, I would still expect the Weavers to do ultimately pretty well, um, but not a great start for them, it sounds like. Um, NA seems to be pretty top-heavy here, Bobby. I'm looking at the standings, and it's the Valkyries 5-0, the Weavers 4-1, then the, the Kowlin Wardens and the Athenian Sages at 2-3 and three each, and then the Jabalba Storm and Aru Scorpions at 1-4. and four. I'm going to assume the 1-4 and four teams don't have a lot of potential to break out here unless uh, you're telling me otherwise so we can kind of focus on the two two and three teams as the potential ones to take advantage of some uh lack of presence from the weavers uh would be our guess um yeah and that's the Callan wardens which is delny slash nog el leon and tuba uh and then the athenian sages snatty grave nehu evermed and donut doug let's start with the wardens here um what do you what what is some of the things that stand out to you when you look at the wardens again? Delny slash Nog, Elion, and Tuba. Uh, Nog is an incredible player. Like he is just from the games today, which is I mean it's a very small sample size. Just from the games today, I think he was the best player that I watched. Mm. The did you remember ever watching like Paul in? The, I, it was it just called minor league back then, but ever watching yeah. Paul in like minor league yeah. where he just looked outright better than anyone else. And yeah. if somebody tried to dive him, he just outplayed them easily. And it didn't look like he was even putting much effort into it. Yeah. That's like the same feeling I get when I watch Nog where he just is a step above people that he plays against. And I mean, not to take away anything from the Scorpions. I don't think they played particularly well today, but they're still really good players. And he just looked better than they did. Mm. Uh, outside of that, I think their side lanes are very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think both Delny and Tuba are pretty... I don't want to say coin flip players, because uh, I don't think that's fair, but I think that they are 
rarely going to pop off. And I think some games, they are just not, like, in the game. They're not making a big impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think a lot of it relies on Nog. And I also think it, it's always good to have in a tournament like this somebody that will speak even if you're losing. And which, I mean, Elion, through his entire Smite career, has been considered one of the best uh, like leaders and communicators in the game. Mm-hmm. So having that just as a just-in-case, if you start falling behind or whatever, I think that is something that you can't really count out. So I I think this Warden team has a little something, and especially what we saw with the Weavers today, I think uh, like eyes on the Wardens a bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm definitely going to be looking out for, for how Nog is playing after... Um hearing that i do see one immediate problem with his gameplay as i went and checked avod real quick uh and that's that he puts his is it a starter yeah he puts a starter in the second slot yeah. um yeah that's bad actually illegal uh in my opinion um i i'm not gonna lie i have at one point asked can we automatically make your starter your first item um i thought you were gonna say something like lower your power by 10 percent if your starter's not no, in the first slot i don't or even something. want to give you the option like if you buy a starter <laughs> item it just it just goes to your first they told me no that's so much work for no reason whatsoever and i said but there's, there's a, reason, a reason though yeah, there yeah, is yeah there's for sure a reason um i wanted to get your thoughts on el Leon's support uh because you know he's jumped around and played a couple positions uh in his career obviously best known as a jungler he played mid for a little bit uh once upon a time he played solo on xbox whenever weekend joined our team uh that was the the 53rd time we kicked uzzy i think um <laughs> and then the 54th time when we brought him back uh <laughs> what what do you think about el leon and support this is not the first time he's played it um but just like i mean you you're very familiar with his game playing against him on xbox for a long yeah. time all that kind of stuff H- how do you feel about him when he's playing support but I don't I don't want this to sound like I'm taking anything away from him. Sure. But he plays the exact same style that like me and I Raffer played, where it was uber aggressive, mm-hmm. get fight started. I'm going to calm what I'm doing and you will listen. Mm-hmm. And if we don't hit our abilities, I'm going to die. Because mm-hmm. that's just kind of what he does. And when they are hitting their abilities and the fights are going well, it looks so smooth. But when Sometimes he's a little aggressive sometimes. He has the same problems that I had. He's a little yep. aggressive sometimes. Yep. He ints a little bit. Yep. But I think it is always a good thing to have somebody that is willing to die. And he is happily willing to die in 99% of scenarios. And I think yep. that's really good. Yep. I will agree with that. Uh, Got to have people who are willing to die. We've talked about that a lot on the show. Um, yep. Yeah. I, I don't know. I Maybe I'm just so stuck in like the old ways of just how I played with him when he was my jungler. Um, But he, I I just feel like in an ideal world, Andy can play his best smite in jungle. Um, Oh, for sure. I I agree. I think he's a better jungler than a support. He has a higher top end, but a lot of what he does, uh, being a good communicator, wanting to control the team pace, all that kind of stuff. A lot of that stuff works well from support. Um, so, I mean, I think that he, he definitely can make a lot of plays over there. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I just kind of laugh to myself every time I'm th- I think about him playing support. But it was so long ago that we played together. Literally, like, eight years ago, which is so insane to think about. Wow. Um, but Andy from seven, eight years ago 
that guy's not playing support, bro. No chance. He's not giving up <laughs> that much farm. He's not giving you that much farm for sure. Um, but he's obviously gotten a lot more uh, mature about those those types of things and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I wonder what Chach thinks when he sees Andy playing support. That's what I want to I want to watch an, a game of Andy playing support with bro chacho next to me and just hear what his thought process is because i'm sure he would That'd be good it would be that would be pure content for sure um i'm surprised not to hear more uh of any type of discussion about tuba adc here bobby i mean i thought you know it'd be like oh the wardens could win but they've got tuba like it's gonna you're gonna get to late game and then you've got tuba like all that kind of stuff but you kept it pretty professional i'm impressed well, I did say like the side lanes, like he's never gonna pop off. He, <laughs> he's he's usually just like there, kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His, his job, he has the easiest job in the world. All he has to do is just play good enough that the team needs to kill him, so that Nog can carry. Mm-hmm. If he can do that, like good job, Tuba, you did it. That's basically what my job was when we had Keegs on our team. To be fair, like I didn't have to do that much. Uh, it was just keep Andy from inting, um, and make them have to kill that's probably me. harder that what that was absolutely the hardest part of my job at any given point um without a doubt yeah it actually wasn't close uh <laughs> that i've long said that's what uh that's what andy needs is that we we took a we we took a big leap whenever i was able to be like listen man i'll let you call whatever you want to call and i'm not gonna like say anything except for no but when i say no we listen and i didn't make any proactive calls i was just kind of the the kill switch so to speak and i think we took a really big leap whenever we whenever andy in particular really bought into that um but he was again a long time ago the type of player that you need he needed to respect that player a lot in order to do that. And I, and I've said a lot that after I left, I feel like he just never really had that player with him that they vibed well enough. And they had enough trust between one another to, cause you can't, you can't be the kill switch and be scared. You know what I mean? Like nope. that, that was something that I really had to learn was that I'm good. I have to let him get, all the way use all of the leash i can't call it off if it's only you know it makes me a little uncomfortable i can't call it off it's got to be only if i know instantly like this can't be how we play it um and that uh you know i know nothing about nog uh as a player but if he's as good as as advertised then andy's gonna respect him instantly um and that's really all he needs uh in my opinion is just that ability that player who's there to really just call off the really bad plays and let and trust him to make the other plays um so we'll see uh Uba says that uh that that nog and him will make calls so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see he said it's 70 percent elion with 30 percent him and nog and, and maybe, that makes maybe you more Andy. nervous doesn't it well, the fact that Tuba's like using his brain at all makes me nervous. Like they yeah. gotta leave that to the professionals, not him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is immediately giving me shades of Mifflin's episode because we talked about oceans, and I'm pretty sure his quote for oceans was "That guy's brain doesn't work." <laughs> was like what? He's was talking like, about Tuba too. Then was what he said. So yeah, basically, uh, pretty similar in that aspect. Wait. Do you remember Tuba's... Oh, I can't remember. He was playing a hunter, and it was when the full 
the full like bluestone one-shot hunter build was being built mm-hmm. and it was like on chiron and i think it was like chiron ula or whatever mm-hmm. and tuba started doing that on on hachimon do you remember that no no. He started doing the like bluestone Jotun's crusher build on Hachimon, and he was like, "Dude, it's it's so OP, it cooks." And they lost like every game, but yeah, they lost every game no matter what. So it's not even like you could be like, "Yo, you were like the build was not good," and he was the only one doing it. It's not like anyone else is trying it. <laughs> no one was, was like, just "Wait like, a minute, that seems good." Yeah. Like everyone's this like, guy's cooking. Is, Nobody said this? that. <laughs> what is Nobody this? said it, bro. His heavenly banner though. 450 Dude, on their ch- dome. Chunkin'. Like, <laughs> chunkin'. 450 on their head. Like, <laughs> no matter what. Can't miss it. It's easy. It's easy cooking. Um, and that and the alt, the alt too. Like, whew. Yeah. That combo potential. Man, I mean, that must have done a thousand damage between the two. Minimum. Yeah. Yeah, minimum. That, that And he wasn't missing them. So, there's, uh, well, there's something to be said about alt, consistency. You know what I mean? <laughs> like... <laughs> There's uh, there's something there. Wow, that's that build is truly horrifying. Um, it was so bad. All right, Athenian Sages, the other two and three team. Uh, this is Snatty Grave, Nehu Evermed, and Donut Doug. Uh, Neon in chat did let us know that um, the Sages did uh, lose today to the Storm, so we can also discuss them. But not a great start for this roster. But some names that have been around uh, for a long time. What what have you seen from the Sages? Nothing from the Sages has really stuck out to me as, like, nothing about the team makes me super confident in them. Like, with the Wardens, Nog makes me confident. Uh, Having a a powerful shot color like uh, Elyon makes me confident in them. The Sages, it's just five players that I think are good players. Mm-hmm. but nothing about it screams this team has what it takes. And I think a lot of the times in these tournaments, you need something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I mean, I think Doug's fine. I think Evermet's fine. Nehu, whenever I think of all these players, I'm like, yeah, they're good players. But I, I, I just don't have that great feeling about them. Sure. And no, it's, I, it's I in their play right. too. They're just, they're just fine. Yeah. These, t- you need to have a player who's going to, who's going to push you, you know? Um, that you don't you know when you're playing with a guy like johnny it just raises the rest of your play because you need to be on his speed um yep and i don't i don't see who's pushing this team's speed you know what i mean i think snatty's mm-hmm. probably their best player um so maybe he can pop off against you know guys like delny uh aqua remakami um but yeah, that, that is definitely a concern potentially for them. Um, and then the Storm, despite only winning one game during the phase, they come in and beat them today. It's uh, Tegvir, Ratmilk, Globe, Happen, and Shinigami. Um, there have been times in the past where Shinigami was thought of as like potentially a, 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 new, a pretty appealing new prospect um, in ADC. That hasn't really panned out, but that's someone who we've seen some flashes on from before i'm typically pretty impressed with globe um i think he usually plays very well uh at yep. events um i'm pretty high on globe you know i think nehu in particular you know you took up you talk about globe versus nehu nehu certainly has been more consistent but i don't i think globe has had individual games that have impressed me more than individual games from nehu that i've seen um so I'm assuming that if the Storm are playing well, it's going to be through this backline. 
Yeah, I, I also think Ratmilk is another player that stuck out to me as he has... I, I don't want to, like... Again, I think a lot of the, the time uh, people just say stuff and, and they just try to make it as hyperbolic as possible to make it just sound better. But Ratmilk has been a very consistently good player. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the time, especially when you're a newer face, I think that is a really good start. Yep. So if you combine a, a jungler that has been just a very good player with a very consistent backline that is hard to deal with because i do think globe and boshinigami have very good positioning mm-hmm. and it's very hard to kill both of them a lot of the times they don't die very much i think that is a much better recipe for success than what the sages have with their entire team how do you feel about the name rat milk like as a it's gamer so tag. disgusting it it's actually bad, it, right? it annoys me it, no. it's it's frustrating to even hear it yeah it's not good i i was talking about this a while ago with someone about how there's something about like finding the right name for you um, and it, how I think it directly correlates with your potential as a pro player. Um, it's why Sam for soccer is so, is so impressive to me because it's one of the worst names of all time. Um, it's Sam, so bad. Sam for soccer too, objectively awful um, as a name, but was at one point the best jungler in the world. Uh, for a pretty long stretch so that has always been impressive to me um and it makes me disappointed when when players with really good names don't live up to them um like this is now gonna sound really toxic when i give an example yeah Um, i'm waiting for it now but like happen is a good name like h-a-p-n that's a really good name uh and if the world was ordered in a way where your name determined your skill happen would not be on a one in five team you know what i mean like that's an that's a a top of the sec level name in my opinion you're Uh, not you're not picking up what i'm putting down on a happen no i i get it but it's just like it is a little toxic aggro you you recognize i'm sorry no i know i know it's not a banger name it's a banging name i think i think it should be taken as a compliment that i think he has a really good name that's all so the compliment is, yeah, maybe he's not, like, the best player in the world, but he's good at making names. Right. No, that's a skill. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think that that's good. Fair enough. I, look. Fair, fair enough. You're on the one in five team whether or not, like, you have a good name, right? <laughs> you might as well be on the one in five team with a good name in comparison to on the one in five team with the name Rat Milk, right? Like, we that's can agree that, that, that that's better. Um, that's something to, like, league esports again i i only say it because sam like just has such a terrible name and is such a good player and is also like one of my best friends so i feel like i can rag on him a little bit here no there's no world in which a player with the name sam for soccer is winning league worlds right <laughs> like it can't happen they've got names like faker and ruler that are just like unbelievably zeus. good yeah zeus like those are just clean names in Something would have happened. It like they some staffer would have forced Sam to change his name if he were a league pro, right? Do you know uh you, you know uh C9's top laner, Fudge? Yeah, Fudge, yeah. His name used to be, I think, like Fudge Cakey or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And then when he made it to like the actual SCL LCS, he changed it to Fudge. Smart. So it, it actually is something like yeah, your name could be as goofy as possible, but once you hit like that next level, you gotta move it up a little bit. Like it's really it's gotta do. go up from rat milk to like, even milk. Even milk would cook a lot more than rat yeah. milk. Yeah, rat is good and milk is good. Together, bad. 
Pick one. <laughs> Not good. Pick a lane, dude. That's that's what I'm saying to him. Uh, Neon in chat asks, is Paul a good name or a bad name? It is a good. bad name that he has well, transcended, and now I think it's good. But it's not It's not that good. Wait, you're trolling. No. Just because it's a short one-word name does not automatically mean it's good. It's just his name. So you yeah. think Nika's a bad name? No, Nika's a good name. What's the difference? Because it's not a, a common English name that I'm used to, <laughs> so I'm biased against it. You know, like, that's just, uh, I mean, I'm calling a spade a spade. That's all it is. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. It's not It's not rat milk, right? It's not. Um, but if Paul were a middle-of-the-road player, would anyone think that name is cool? Okay, well, if Paul was on a 1-5 SEC team, if Paul was on a 1-5 SEC team, we'd all be like, come up with a name, man. It's, you know? it's closer to good than it's closer to bad. It's not like top 15 sure. name in Smite. Sure. But it is closer to good like, would you compare, like, who, who's, like, a, like, like, Faker is, like, the top tier. Best the name of name. all time. Yeah. And then Rat Milk is one of the worst names of all time. Yeah. Paul's closer to Faker than it is to Rat Milk. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree all with right. that. And I'm, get, look, right. this is a fair message in chat. Uh, okay, aggression. Yeah, aggression was, was not great. Okay. That was pretty bad. But aggro is clean. We can. No, aggro bangs. Like, that's just good, right? And that was, shout out to someone stealing the name aware or no it was actually too long for aware aggression whenever we joined aware uh, i tried to change my gamer tag on xbox to aware aggression oh, it was too you long. had to do that right yeah we had to um, yeah that was the thing back in the day you had to change your xbox gamer tag to bro, join the the clan i think i told this story before when we got picked up by elevate um we knew obviously and we couldn't change our names before the announcement went out because everyone would know because like on our friends list, people would talk about it. Uh, mm -hmm. And Elevate was very like adamant, like don't change your name until we've made the announcement. But I told everyone like, make sure as soon as the name change, as soon as it happens that you change your name as fast as possible, particularly for Andy, because he was a streamer already. People would do that all that's like, yep. I'm sure you knew someone, Bobby, who at some point like changed changed a Smurf account Probably. to someone's name be, to troll them. Because once yep. you know, once they have it, it's really hard to get it away. Uh, and sure enough, I for, like Andy. I forget what he ended up needing to make. Like I think he had the extra O because uh, everything was taken. Like he he was asleep when we announced, even though I told him the time it would be, um, and. He didn't change his name in time, and like every very variation of elevate uh, Chapo was taken uh, by the time he he did it. Um, and he also had like a true gamer sleep schedule back in the day. Yes, it was very. Like, he was he was reverse normal sleep schedule. He was the yeah. eight p.m. to or sorry, he would sleep from eight a.m. to like four p.m. Yep. and then wake up. But to his credit, I don't I don't really recall him missing scrims ever. Uh, I really don't. Lucky. Yeah. I feel like every team I was ever on struggled to get to scrims on time or at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we had the, maybe. Yeah. You had some pretty bad ones too. The worst. Wait, we mean, both had Keegs. Yeah. Keegs was, was a different animal. Um, when it came to missing scrims, no one else was missing games, you know, just him. Yeah. He was him when it came to missing, <laughs> missing <laughs> he was scrims. Him. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, I mean, that's just been a, it. I mean, I, look, 
I definitely was late to some scrims because I was working like two jobs and scrimming. So I can, I can have some patience for people who are a little bit late to scrims occasionally, uh, sleeping through scrims, or if you're an SPL team, uh, and this is your only job being late or, you know, waking up directly right before those scrims, I think is a criminal offense. Um, dude, that is one of the few things I thought was going to change when I switched from SCL to SPL. Because that was a consistent thing in SCL. Yeah. It, it's not any better or worse in SPL. It is the exact same level of... Yeah. You will never... Actually, I won't say never. You will rarely start a scrim on time. Yep. 99% of the time, you're starting at least five minutes late. Uh, and you just have to... You have to live with it. And then sometimes just somebody's not waking up and you're just fucked out of scrims. I, I just like... The thing that I wish I could get into players' minds is that they will be... Ulti- like... They're, they're animal brains. Like, humans are inherently designed to follow a schedule. Like, in our internal, like, it, you know, we look at dogs and it's like, oh, having a, having a routine for dogs is, like, good for them. But not for humans, you know? Like, or, like, for babies. Like, it's really good if you're doing the same thing every time, like, in a certain way. Like, being, like... Having a, a, a easy to follow routine, and it's not we're not asking for too much for you to be up for eleven a.m. scrims or something like that. Like, if if they just really committed to doing it and really caring about it for like two weeks, I guarantee they'd all be like, "Wow, why didn't I do this before? It's so much better." Yeah. Uh, but it's just a lesson you have to learn at some point, yeah. right? Like naturally, that your body and your mind like want those things. Um, and yeah, I mean. It's, yeah, it's, the SEL, I, I have, you know, I understand because that, that wasn't uh, making enough money for a lot of those players to be their full-time job. And so yep. if you have other responsibilities, you're going to school, whatever it is, that can throw things off. I personally think it is literally inexcusable for SPL players to sleep through scrims or, you know, like yeah. anything like that. Um, it is a job. Uh, you gotta, you gotta be there, you know? Wait, two, two, two more things quick before yeah. we move on. Yeah, go for it. One, the worst part is when I was on Obey, scrims didn't start until 1 p.m. and that was still happening. So it wasn't like even in the a.m. You had to be up by the p.m.s and you were still late. And then the second point is the faster you get to scrims, the faster scrims can be done. Right. Scrims, you're not scrimming like five times if you get there earlier than need to be. Yep. Like if scrims start at 11 and you're there at 10.55 and you're done by the third or fourth scrim – nothing's changing you get your rest of your day faster actually yep. and you get like the stuff done that you need to in the morning that's why i always try to just get to scrims as early as possible because the faster we started the faster we finished and then i got my my day for yep. myself yep but yeah. i i mean i don't know were you uh a scrim liker like did you like scrimming i would literally look forward to scrims i'd say 95 percent of the time like if things weren't going well whatever then uh it was really just if the rest of my schedule was too busy but I really think I would even today really enjoy sitting down and trying to like break the game um, with the same group of dudes, even if we're losing, like trying to improve as a group in a team environment. I I loved, I miss scrimming more than any other part of competing, to be honest with you. I really do. It, it depends on the team environment. Some of the sure. team environments are really like that obey team. We were fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. But the beginning of that year, the scrims were really fun. Sure. And it was really enjoyable to play. And then 
towards yeah, the end it, it, gets worse. it devolved a little bit sure and then same thing with the the scarab team it devolved a little bit and the scrims weren't too great but i mean there was a good chunk of time where scrims were really enjoyable and i liked doing them yeah no i was lucky to play i, I never really had like a bad environment at any point um well i wasn't always that looking forward to aware scrims i suppose but um what was the aware team it was me my boys Candyman and t-small who were like my irl friends uh love them very much uh it was uh black if you remember him um he played at, he was uh, he was always on like the lower end of console like early console stuff and shame was our jungler um i remember shame yeah shame and i did not get along very well uh <laughs> we we had we had our fair share of disagreements um for sure we were we were just very different players um he liked to win you liked to not win <laughs> no it wasn't that uh it was he liked to win if he was winning um and i liked to win regardless of how we were winning oh um, one of them yeah a kda player for sure oh um, yeah and if anyone has ever like i don't know I, I mean the number of people who have played competitive with me is very small i do not that that is like the type of playstyle that I do not abide by. Like I won't. My I played with very few junglers. T small jungled for a little bit. Then we got shame. Um, and then I played with El Leon, and then I retired. Um, but T small is the antithesis of a KDA player. That guy is desperate to int at any point, and I love <laughs> that about him. And he was desperate to int if he thought he could clip on people, and I love that about him. Uh, none of my supports were KDA players ever. Chach didn't know what kda was um because boy would he have been depressed if he did um and and you know black side was was down to get in there as well um candy man when he played support like the, i i do not i would never mesh well with any kda player uh just in general um because that's just so opposite of how i wanted to play the game because i was certainly not a kda player in any way uh, except when I finished a game zero 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 against Miff and we lost, and I still think about it from time to time. Um, I should have died, you know. There, there was surely some fight where if I had died, something better could have happened. That's just the way I think about it. Yeah, I just I don't know. That just blows my mind that you ever lost to Miff, bro. You lost to Miff I... all the time. What are you talking? You can't. You're you the Miff... one person who can't come in here and say that. You and Miff say this all the time. Every time I played against Miff on console, I was just smacking him around. And? Winning. You think so? Yeah, the, the, he beat me one time. Really? And it was, yeah. He beat me one time at season three. Well, I don't know if he, like, how many, if we played twice in that uh, LAN, sure. then he beat me twice. But sure. the LAN that the Kaz esports team had yeah. that massive comeback that got, the, that got us to Worlds. That's the yeah. one time that his team was better than mine. And that's because his team was sick. And my team, we sucked. Your team was we were really so bad. bad. Your team we was so bad. Your and team I don't was mean, really like, bad, bro. I don't mean I was good and, like, the rest of my team was bad. I mean, all no. five of us together bad. were No, except Krim. Stinkers. Krim was good. Krim was good. Uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this. Krim was Krim, fine. Krim was a fine player. Krim was I, a KDA player, though. He was a KDA player. Uh, and still is. Um, and that's yes. criminal. Uh I think I literally thought Krim was cheating on your team, watching him play. Uh, he, 
I remember this. Online. I thought he played using a Zim, you know, the, the keyboard and mouse, like, adapter. Um, because the way he moved is very not like most Xbox players. He moved and he aimed too smoothly. Um, he was. And I don't know good. if you remember, but I literally, your first, you guys got to the studio and your first scrim there, I literally watched you guys scrim from right behind your setup. Uh, and I was... I think I was talking to you a little bit. I was talking to some some other people, but I was watching Krim the whole time because I wanted to see how comfortable he was on the controller. And he was playing Thoth um, in that scrim. And I was like, holy crap, this guy is just better. Like, I can't believe he wasn't cheating. Um, yeah. He was the best he was the best mechanical Xbox player I've ever seen. No, he he was as soon as I started playing with him, like th- there was levels to it. Like you play with some players and you're like, this guy's a really good player. Like, holy cow, I want to play with like this caliber level player. Mm-hmm. And then you play with like that next level. And it's like, what was I ever thinking? Like, this is the the, the new norm. Like yeah. Krim, rarely ever when I like took a fight or I engaged on a fight, did I ever think like, oh, if Krim hit this or, or played this better, would we have won this fight? It was always just like, oh, unfortunate i got one shot or or just prim hit everything he just doesn't do enough damage it was just crazy how consistent he was yeah no he was he was on controller yeah he was on he was actually like unbelievable um i remember thinking like man i got out at the right time because i knew i was never great mechanically but i thought (laughs) i was a really good like I, i mean i was a very good teammate very good calm like all that kind of stuff but uh unrelinquished or delta marine 72 um he was very he was very good mechanically and uh you know game knowledge all that kind of stuff paul i yep. will say my record against paul incredibly good um but he was obviously better than me uh and then i was watching baronic and krim come up and i was like <laughs> it's kind of good i got out man i think i would have <laughs> lost my spot like yeah. eventually because those guys were just the, those two were were the, the the new era you know of of xbox mid laners um and they and they were really really good uh it really it, it sucked seeing uh baronic on console play as well as he did i think he had and i like he's my boy i love him yeah. but he had what probably one of the worst transitions from console to pc i think yeah i think so he too. was so incredible on console and then on pc he was just like he was fine and he's always been like one of the best teammates i've ever played with mm-hmm. but he he was not at that next level like a lot of players hit yeah no people who only are familiar with baronic's pc career uh he he was a a transcendent talent on console Mm -hmm. um for sure and i agree that it was a a shame that he wasn't able to realize that um on pc as well when you were saying like you know you think you have a good player and then you play with that next level and it's like mind shattering like that's exactly what we experienced we had a rotating door of adcs man we played with when i first joined elevate it was puka uh then it was catalyst um i mean we knew those wow. two weren't it uh wow. yeah we were winning games with catalyst adc that, like, that, that says a lot uh then we got zaxi who's one of my favorite teammates i've ever played with i love that guy to death so fun to be around don't want to try and win a, a world championship with that guy as adc like no he, he, okay don't don't say it like he was that bad he, he was better than no, like he was Puka good. No. and Catalyst. He, oh, without a doubt. When we got Zaxi, I was like, dude, we are set. Like, we can't <laughs> lose. Like, we got this. Then we played with Keegs, and I was like, oh, like, th- this, that, that, that is level. that next level. Right. Ke- Zaxi was the, like, 
solid, not going to mess you up, like all that kind of stuff, but was not like Keegs was just on a different level um, of ADC. And I remember being like, like we, we tried out Keegs and uh, me, Andy and Chach and Uzzy talked afterwards. And we were like, I think we just have, we're just going to win. Like if we play with this guy, we're just going to win. And we did when he showed up. Um, we were undefeated that phase with our full roster uh, until we literally only lost one game with our full roster that whole phase. And it eliminated us from land because we, we lost, we lost some games with me out. Uh, Cause Coop changed the bye week He, he screwed me over uh, and I was on vacation and they played with, um, they played with Sam Bam in mid uh, as my sub, as our sub. Do you ever, did you play with Sam Bam at any point or against Sam Bam? I, I know the name, but I don't think I ever played against him. Like he was, maybe I he watched was him Eager's play mid laner. It was like him and Matt Coys got replaced by Unri and Miff. Like when Cougar called in the big guns. Um, he was Eager's uh, mid laner. I don't think I watched that then. Yeah, he was, love that guy. Not, not, you know, not it. Uh, but Andy was just so tilted playing with him versus playing with me that he, they tilt lost to that noble team of, XUX and Junipera. Uh, oh, I I remember you've told me that before. Yeah, and I told Andy, I don't care. You could like you could have played with anyone in mid. Uh, you 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 should have won that set by <laughs> yourself, bro. Like that that was your mental. Uh, that drove me crazy. And then yeah, we uh, and then Keeg slept through a game against uh, Kingdom. Um, and we literally tried to convince Cooper to let us play with with a bot. Um, we said we'd let them pick the bot and put it on easy. Uh, or we'll play 4v5 and Coop correctly told us that neither of those were options um, but then we lost to the winless no we lost game one because it was two game sets back then Keegs woke up in the 15 minutes between forfeiting game one and forfeiting game two and got on um, and he joined and I'm not kidding we did not say a word the entire game two None of us talked because we were so mad. We didn't say a single word. We won in less than 20 minutes without saying a single, we didn't talk like out. We, we did picks and bands and then none of us, I did not say a single word about where I was going, what I was doing. And he didn't talk. Uh, no one talked. We won in less than 20 minutes and logged off. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know how you, well, okay. I had to deal with him too, but dude, that is so, it was brutal. Tilting. Yeah. Just well, before, listening to it. Before we, before I got the official offer from high res, we, we kicked him. Um, we, like we said, we were going to play out the rest of the phase, try and make it to land. We didn't, uh, we, we kicked him and we were trying out ADCs and we right the, literally the day before, uh, I got the job offer from high res. Uh, we tried out Paul to play ADC for us and, I was like, oh, we're going to, we're going to win. Like, we're just going to pick up Paul. Uh, that team's going to collapse because Paul was their whole team. And Paul is, is just as good as Keegs. Um, and then I literally remember talking to my then girlfriend at the time, now wife, like I could take this job offer, but I really think we're the best team if we pick up Paul. And what if I just like stay for the rest of the year, win worlds and then go. And then she was like, you are so stupid. Um, <laughs> And she was right to say that, but we would have won worlds. Um, for the record, we gifted that year to Miff. 
Yeah. Yeah. You think Miff would agree? No, because I've told him as much and he didn't. But <laughs> it's fine. Um, all right. Before the random question of the week, that's enough uh, Xbox reminiscing. Uh, gotta let you know that this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, it's the end of the year. The holidays is a very uh, stressful time for many of us. Uh, I am definitely very stressed about obliterating my sleep schedule and making the drive to Pittsburgh with the baby and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it's something that has made me very thankful that I have a therapist that I really uh, value and uh, look forward to talking to every week. Um, and that has made it a lot easier to get prepared for this difficult time of year. Um, and we talk about it a lot here on the podcast, but Bear and I are big, big therapy uh, recommenders. Um, and a reason that we really love BetterHelp is because they take the hard parts of therapy which are finding the right therapist um, and finding the right therapist for you. And they make those two things significantly easier, uh, which is really, really good. So um, we really, really encourage you to go to therapy, period. But if that seems daunting, anything like that, or you just want to make it as easy as possible, which who doesn't, we think BetterHelp is a great way to do it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule you just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge which is absolutely huge finding the right therapist for you is the whole point if you aren't connecting with them if you aren't vibing with them switch uh it is the right thing to do for you it's the right thing to do for them and the fact that BetterHelp lets you do it at any time for no additional charge is a big reason why we are happy to partner with them so Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Backliners today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Backliners. Big shout out to BetterHelp. Um, all right, let's do our random question of the week here, Bobby. Uh, of course, this is from our community Discord, Patreon.com slash Backliners, the place to go there. Um, Neon asks, is December 26th as close as you can get to Christmas or as far away as you can get to Christmas? It's a good question. Number 26th? Yeah. Is that as close as you can get to Christmas or as far away? Because it's 364 days away. Yeah, I consider it far. Once the days pass, uh, like, you can't go back in time. You can only look forward. The next Christmas is 364 days away. Mm. The farthest. I think I agree. And most of the time, like, if you were to ask me the closest day to New Year's Day, uh, I'd say, obviously, say December 31st. And then I think I would say January 2nd. But Christmas is like a different animal. Like once Christmas is like a lot of buildup, at least in my house, like, Oh yeah, no, it is. It's the most buildup by far. And then when it's gone, it's like sad that you don't have that to look forward to for a long time. Um, whereas new year's like, I'm not like, dude, I can't wait for new year's. Like that's going to be so fun. Like, or literally any other holiday except for maybe Thanksgiving. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go. It's as far away as you can get from Christmas. Uh, Thanksgiving Christmas. is the second best holiday, right? You yeah, agree? it's not even close. Yeah. Bro, anyone that says Halloween Trolling. is top two Trolling. is lost. Yeah. You're lost. Can't help them. I think it's really, like, those two. And then maybe, like, the fourth is the third best. Uh, yeah, I think the fourth is probably there. But I just don't, I don't love fireworks, which is why I've never been a big lover of the fourth. Yeah. They're fine or whatever. And it's more just about like, 
getting that break from the normalcy of your day to day that I'm looking forward to it more than any other holiday, probably around the yep. 4th. Um, and on top of like just getting that time off, like it's the summer. So a lot of times you go to like water, like a cabin yeah. or something, and then you yep. do water activities and the weather's nice. Uh, yeah, you might be right. Even if, if fireworks don't be hitting, nope. it's for sure. It's for sure got to be the 4th. Bobby, where do you land on amusement park versus water park? Uh, like some people are like staunchly one or the other. Do you have a, That's a good question? Do you have a way in here? This is not a random question I, of the week from the discord, but just for me. Oh, this is a good one. E- even if it's not, it's a good one. I think I would prefer water park over theme park. Yeah. For me, it is not even close. Water park wins hands down, hands down. I, the only reason I would say it's close for me is because a lot of the times outside of a theme park, there's more than just rides. There's like the little uh, ripoff activities that you know you're going to lose, but it's just fun to do anyway. Right. That stuff is fun. Yeah. But if we're just talking like water park rides or theme park rides, water park solos, it's not even close. I love water parks. The only argument against water parks is that they are truly disgusting. Like they are gross places. Um, Yeah, they are. I don't care. Have you ever been to the Dells? No. Wisconsin Dells? Okay. Because that's like the place to go because I'm from the north. So if you live in like the Midwest, yeah, it's an indoor water park. We had one of those in in Erie. Like we'd drive up to Lake Erie. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. It's called Splash Lagoon. One of the most oh, that foul places it, it, like, of all time, and I love it there. Like I <laughs> I would happily go as an adult. Uh, Dude, and that's have what a I'm saying. Time. I think I would rather go. Okay, the one thing that would make me not want to go more now than before is because I'd have to plan everything. Yeah. And that was like the greatest thing about being a kid is you didn't have to plan anything. It was just we're going this so day through great. this day. Yep. So just get your stuff and we're going. But I think I would enjoy actually being there more now than I would back then. Yeah. We should uh we should just find a water park. There is actually is a water park around here, but not indoor. Um, that I haven't been to. That I do want to go to. Well, they they probably have good weather down here ninety percent of the year, yeah, so they, they can have indoor. an outdoor one. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, why would we do indoor? Uh, it's so much more expensive. <laughs> um, okay, Sea Fog asks, what's the most unique ingredient you've used in a recipe? This is such a bad question for me. You're not a cooker. I. Uh... I'm probably one of the worst cookers ever. Mm. Unlucky. I'm trying to think of like a unique ingredient that we've used that isn't like part of like a meal kit of some kind. Um, yeah, this one is tough, huh? I don't think I've really used anything that I would consider really unique. Um, I do feel like all of our cooking of Asian recipes really got kicked up a notch when we bought msg um that's like cheating msg it dude it, it really is like that it stuff is. is so tasty and it's so like it's one of the most caught like i i think it's so interesting to just like taste the msg alone like it's so it's such a complex like flavor uh and it makes all of our asian dishes taste so much better um also msg on popcorn bangs that's really good Never tried it. Yep. That's top tier. I know it's not even a close to an, a unique ingredient though. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's literally it's yeah, probably used in, off Amazon. It's like salt. Yeah. It is literally just salt, uh, but better a lot of the time. Um, yeah. Sorry, Seafog. I don't have a really good one for you here. Not that I can. I, I literally spent 
while you were talking, I spent like two minutes trying to think of something that I've cooked that was something unique. Mm-hmm. And it's like eggs. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's actually less unique than MSG. <laughs> probably is that's actually a, you've somehow managed to find the worst answer which is impressive to be honest with you yeah i've i've got nothing um all right well yoma uh had a little spin-off question what is the most op ingredient or spice Ooh, that's a good one this is a really good question Ooh. uh OP. msg is up there for asian recipes for sure um i think like, I think it might be shallots. Shallots are Ooh. so good. It's just shallots taking, are really good. Like they, it takes two unbelievable things and combines them. Shallots are just onions plus garlic, basically, right? Like they're unbelievably good. Uh, I'm realizing everyone in chat is saying like spices, so I should probably say a spice and not like a normal like food. Um, also salt has got to be cheating surely yeah, salt, salt is cheating. salt's in a different category like you just need that, salt you need it yeah you could yeah you need to salt your foods um if you aren't like and you aren't doing it for health reasons uh start like immediately um i've really grown to love black pepper i used to not like pepper as a kid now really i love pepper like cooking with i feel like i can really tell the difference whenever because my wife hates pepper so she is much more she she she's oh. like bobby well no you you two are similar though you're a you're a this mayo is too spicy for me kind of guy right you hate spicy things not okay for like 25 years of my life yes i would like to think the past year you've grown a little bit okay a little bit i remember like, i remember one time that you guys went to popeyes and uh, land oh uh, i knew it was gonna be this one too <laughs> Well, it's always, it's never every time. <laughs> was it, did you get a spicy tender or was it just their regular tenders that were too spicy for you? I ordered a regular tender uh-huh. and they gave me the spicy tenders because somebody else, because there was like 10 of us there or something right. like that. And we all ordered at the same time. So they're right. not going to get every order right. But I got the spicy tenders and I like took a bite out of it and it like started to hit a little bit. Cause you know, like if you bite into like a pepper, like just a piece of black pepper, sometimes it'll hit yeah. you a little bit. Oh, it'll crush you. So I thought I was like, oh, I think i just bit into a little bit of black pepper let me drink some water take another bite i'll be good and it just kept getting hotter and hotter i started like sweating i'm like wiping my <laughs> Bro, brow I remember, trying to I remember live coming in, you guys were eating it in the like break room of the studio right uh am i wrong or was that a different t- i definitely remember coming in and you and your team were eating something in the break room of the studio like the big like area where the ping pong table used to be and you were like legitimately sweating. Like your face was like full red. Like you were like actually <laughs> it's probably sweating. happened before. Like, I can't even say it's never happened before. Cause it, it has happened multiple times through my life where I'm eating something. I realize it's spicy. And then like, I'm just thinking like, why am I wet? Like, it feels like I'm swimming right now. <laughs> I feel like that's not even your fault, right? Like your body is having that reaction. Like you can't no, stop yeah, that. I'm just trying to just choose some food. And my body's like freaking out thinking I'm dying because there's a little bit of capsaicin in it. Yeah, no, it's it's true. But she said she is like that. She hates anything spicy and she thinks black pepper is too spicy if there's too much of it because she just has had a lot of those experiences where she bites into the piece of pepper. And that yeah. is tough for sure. But I'm like, I'm slamming some black pepper into, you know, chicken, ground beef, whatever, whenever I'm cooking it. And it, it does so much to like 
bring out the flavor. I love pepper. Yeah. I, I could eat eggs in the morning every day with just salt and black pepper. And you know how some people do like what, either like one shake or like if you have yep. this one, they'll do just like one twist. I'm sitting there like twisting it like six times <laughs> and it's like partially black yep. along with like the white and the yellow. And it is it is so good. Just eggs Bro. with salt and black pepper is just like mwah. salt and pepper chips. Those are so yes. I love salt and pepper chips. The the are they waffle fries like the crispy waffle yep. chips with yep. salt and pepper? Oh, oh, dude, so true, so oh. true. When does Publix close? I'm trying to go and get some of those right <laughs> after this. That sounds so good. Um, so yeah, pepper's got to be up there. Uh, I also love paprika. Paprika is a really good spice. Paprika's good. Um, for hmm, I, I don't know why. But I cannot think of anything that sticks out outside of like black pepper and like just like salt and butter. Yeah, it's so op. It's so simple, but no, it is. It's it's there for a reason, you know. Yeah, it also probably doesn't help that I don't cook, so I don't know half the well, stuff yeah, that's in the, say, the food. Like, I'm just like it tastes good. Cooking, yeah, you're like wow, this is really good. I've been starting to get more into cooking YouTube again. I've been watching a lot of binging with Babish videos again. Uh, that's what that's what my girlfriend loves. W- cooking seems so fun, and then you have to clean, and it instantly that's loses what I'm saying. all the fun. That's the problem. I would cook. Actually, that's a lie. I wouldn't cook. <laughs> I would consider cooking if I didn't have to do the dishes after. Yeah, yeah. I really. And that's why we have Factor Meals, factor.com slash backliners50. You know, that's, no dishes. Uh, no dishes. That's uh, that's that's huge when it comes to Factor. Um, all right, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Bobby, thank you so much for, for hopping on. Um, enjoy your NASEC this weekend. Uh, that is actually also going to do it for Backliners episodes uh, this month. Um, like I said, I'm driving to Pittsburgh. Uh, Barry's spending time with his family. So uh, I hope you all are enjoying the holidays. Uh, I know Hanukkah started a little bit ago. Christmas coming up um you know all that kind of stuff please uh enjoy your holidays be safe uh don't do anything i wouldn't do um and uh we'll see you in january for our next episode is going to be a world's preview episode isn't that crazy that's so crazy to think about world's finals is is like a year from today or a year a month sorry a month i was gonna say what are we well it is next year (laughs) see you next year you know, I, I, I hate when people do that. That is the, I did. So, I'm getting pissed off. Just like sorry, thinking about people I'm who sorry. say yeah. that. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Have a great holiday, everyone. We really appreciate you. Uh, be safe. And we'll see you in January to talk about the world championship preview until then, Bobby, you know what? I was thinking about this. You can, if you, uh, okay, yeah, that'll do. okay. That was good. Yeah. You know what? That was good. I was going to say you could get a little spicy, but then I knew you wouldn't like it. So, um, I think okay. it was solid. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.